0: Welcome to the podcast that fuels the minds of ambitious business owners. Fuel provides business owners like you with easy to digest, bite-sized learnings to help grow your capability and keep you on track to achieving your version of success. Our expert speakers will draw on their own experiences and share valuable insights into areas that matter most in business. Hi, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Paul Hobbs. And I'm joined on this podcast by Sam Ogle and Jess Teachin, both directors at Plus More in Hawkes Bay. We're here to fuel your minds on all things planning. So guys, what is a plan and do we even need one if we're a business?
1: We definitely need one. All businesses should have a business plan. Um, It's effectively a roadmap um, in which your business is going to take um, and it outlines um, a few things including your vision, your mission, um, goals, 90 days five years plus, plus. Um, and, and the key thing I think about having a business plan um, in place is really to hold you accountable to what you've set up to do and make sure that you're sort of on that roadmap and hopefully going to achieve those goals and at the end of the day that those goals are why you went into business in the first place.
2: Yeah, I think also, you know, it's good management versus good luck. You know, if you're going to rely on good luck, um, well, you might have some. Um, But with good management, the probability of you being more successful in your business increases. So, um, and business planning is part of that good management.
0: And how detailed does it have to be?
1: It doesn't have to be super detailed. I mean, just something on a piece of paper is better than nothing. Uh, I think it's just really making sure that you have the key elements, so why you've gone out into business, um, where you see yourself in sort of five to ten years in your business, um, and outlining uh, some goals for the business, and probably more importantly, um, personal goals as well. And these don't actually need to be um, financial, Um, they could be sort of, you know, um, I want to take a a holiday you know once a year, or I want to be able to take time out of my business for X amount of weeks each year um it can be sort of uh, a pull together of lots of different aspects of, of where you see your business and your personal life going.
2: Well, what I would add to that is that while the plan itself doesn't need to be, you know to the nth detail amount of detail or sort of nth degree amount of detail, be, uh, and, and the, the rationale for that is, is the fact is that you just you won't read it again if it is, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but what I would say to that is that the thought process and the conversations and the discussion should, Because you really need to sort of dig deep Um, and and as part of our process through the business planning we actually ask our clients to actually go away and think about these questions well before the session and to challenge themselves on those sorts of things and then it allows us to then challenge them even further. We really get to I guess filter those down to what are probably the more pure parts of why they want to be in business or why they are in business, what their vision is. If you make it up on the day, you, you might as well do a different plan in every week because it's mm-hmm. going to change depending on how you feel.
1: Yeah, and then we consolidate that into a one-page document.
0: Wow. Sounds like the hardest part. <laughs> but, but hey, so, so it's not just about dollars and cents then. It's, clearly it's much broader than that.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, most of the time people go into business to sort of You know maintain a lifestyle that they'd like so it's really sort of stepping back and knowing your why why you went into business and then um coming up with you know the goals associated with that why and then tying them back into how that business is going to provide you with what you need and what you want
2: yeah and i think you know sometimes it doesn't have to be about being a multi-millionaire as being a business owner sometimes it can just be about doing 40 hours being paid well doing it for as a passion All these things can be tied together, you know, and then so therefore some of the focus of the business plan might be actually going, okay, well, maybe I need to actually leave this room now and decide what everyone does in my business. What's everyone's role? Because my role currently cannot be done in 40 hours because I am the fireman that puts out all the fires or I am am everything to everyone. Um, So that can just be some of the little quirks because we say, hey look, why don't you write down what your role should look like and why don't you write down what Tim's should look like who works for you and Jennifer's and let's just see where the holes are and let's
0: Mm. make sure that you're not the fix it person. So not everything has to be like reaching the absolute potential of what your business could be because you might just want to do it because it's about a lifestyle, it might be about having environmental issues that you want to sort of address and all those sorts of things.
2: Yeah, I mean, and we respect that. I mean, purely as accountants, we like to see financial success. <laughs> um, but we have to respect that, that success doesn't have to be always about the dollars for, for certain people. Um, you know, some people just want to be the best at what they do. Yeah. They just want to make sure the outcomes for whoever their clients are are top-notch. And maybe they also want financial success on top of that. But
0: it doesn't always have to be involved.
1: No, and success for everyone is very different. So, yeah, it's definitely not all about the financials.
0: You talked earlier about you have to be held accountable to the plan. To who? Who should those people be? You know, who, who should be the ones that are sort of holding you to account? Or who should they not be, perhaps?
1: <laughs> well, who they should be, possibly, is yeah, your <clears throat> business partner, um, your trusted advisor, say your accountant or, or um, business coach. Um, probably not your, your spouse, perhaps. Um, but um, you're just someone that you trust. And, and uh, yeah, when we do it with, a, with our clients, they tend to be, we, we hold them accountable, so we would catch up with them at least quarterly and uh, go through or we'll reflect back on the business plan and go through their goals that they set the previous 90 days and uh, touch base with them as to where they're, where they're at with those goals and they might need to be rejigged, something might have not sort of gone as well as they'd like, so we can change them, it's a very fluid plan.
0: Why do you say not their spouse?
2: So I find that interesting. <laughs> I guess there's a, there's a risk there that the spouse lets you off. Yeah, <laughs> it takes pity on you, or the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> and asks more of you than what's in the plan. Um, and I guess there's also sometimes if the spouse doesn't work in the business, etc., or doesn't have a commercial background, um, that can be dangerous too because there's a lot of I guess assumptions made then. Um, so that, that would be that would be the rationale for me at least, anyway, why I wouldn't have um, my non-relating to the business spouse sort of holding me to account over the dinner table, you know, once a month.
0: You said, Jess, that it it can be flexible and it can be changed. I'm thinking if you need to be held to your plan and yet you can change it all the time, there must be a balance between sort of giving up too easily and not being held to account or realising that it does need to change. So how do you strike that balance?
1: yeah definitely i I mean it's you don't really want to change the overall vision of your business because that's that's obviously a major change, but I mean there are things that come up that sort of you know change the sort of maybe pathway that you're sort of going on to get to that end goal um and and things always happen so I guess there, I'm not talking about sort of major changes to the plan, but little tweaks here and there often often happen,
2: just going back to that the spouse piece um perfect world, your spouse would be would come to the business planning session and therefore would be involved as well. Because I don't want to, uh, I guess, downplay the fact that spouses shouldn't be involved in the business. They're directly affected by the business. So I just wanted just to make sure that was really clear. Perfect world, they come, they chip in, they put in their two cents, everyone gets their views, especially around personal objectives. Um, to your other point about accountability, I also wanted to add to that in a business planning session, you do look at your vision, you do also look at the values of the company. And while and what I'm going to with that is that when we set our values as a company, our employees can hold us, and we can hold them to account on those values too. Particularly as long as we're sharing them with them after that business planning
0: session. So when you say sharing, then so who do you share those plans with? We said earlier about the accountability might it be at certain levels, but should you be sharing um, your business plan and your your vision with the person on the shop floor, or you know the part timer that comes in two days a week? What?
1: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're the people that help you achieve those goals and get your business to where you want it to be. So while you might not share the sort of financial aspects of the business plan, by all means, share the vision and your mission and your values with all your staff members.
2: Yeah, I know. 100% agree. Including perhaps potentially the KPIs as well. Um, so you know, we're delving into bits of parts of the plan that we haven't covered yet, but KPIs are part of that business plan, and that's how we measure our success. Um, whatever that success might be. Um, but we should also be sharing that with our key stakeholders as well. And that may be some staff or all staff, but, you know, if we're all working towards the same thing, mm. like, <laughs> what's the harm in that? You know, that's I guess that's the point. You want everyone on board for the ride. So you need that buy-in um, from all your, all your key stakeholders.
0: I guess we've touched in previous podcasts about team culture, so I guess that feeds into that too, if you can trust and communicate with them. Mm. things, So what are some of the... Um, the issues you're seeing around succession planning for business owners. I think that's obviously a part of planning as well. I mean, are you seeing things around that, that are that are either problematic or, or are going well?
1: I think it's probably not not thinking about succession is is what we see <clears throat> most often. I mean, most people go into business for a period of time, not sort of their entire lives or beyond. So it's really thinking about you know how you're going to get your business into um, the best shape for possible sale or um, possibly you know um, having someone that's coming up the ranks you know, you know buying into your business so part of the business plan you need to reflect on where you sort of see the business going and, and, and think about succession and how you're going to get it ready for what might happen
2: it is a separate type of plan from a business plan but to to jess's point yeah if it comes through if we're looking at your five-year vision and your five-year vision is to build this wonderful systemized business rather than this ginormous monster that got out of control (laughs) um but and you then you intend to sell or or sell part of to somebody else it's good to be aware of that and put that i guess you know on on the board for us to discuss it should be a separate session um, with succession, it's a really tricky one because some people, when you think of succession, it sounds like you just step out and you're gone, and that's the end of it. Um, some people's succession planning is literally that we'll get a phone call and say, "I've had a guts fall, I'm out, sell it for me," or "How do I get it sold?" Um, but if we're actually planning it and working through it, um, it can actually be a nice thing. It can be something that it can be can take you beyond, I guess, uh, being the the, the GM of your business you can still sit there on the board you can still be involved um, you can still mentor and share your knowledge with somebody else and also get a financial benefit long term out of that as well as a financial benefit upfront if people are buying in so it's like it, in short, everyone's appetite around succession looks slightly different um, but it should be you know we should be planning it rather than I guess knee-jerk reaction.
0: Does succession planning also sort of encompass when you're changing key members in your management team? If you're thinking so-and-so is getting to a point where they probably are going to leave, I need to start planning for that in terms of building people through that. that, Does that become part of succession or is that something a wee bit different?
2: It it can bring it forward uh, a year or two (laughs) Um, because we don't want to lose those key people. They may already be in our thinking for our longer term succession plan anyway, And so it may be that we need to address potentially some form of shareholding in that business or different remuneration package, maybe, which isn't succession necessarily the second part, but the first part is. Um, And so it may bring that, I guess to answer your question, it may bring it forward. If that person really is seen as being high value, um, yeah, I wouldn't offer it to somebody to everyone just because of fear of leaving they still need to fulfill the role that we have envisioned for them otherwise we're setting ourselves up for disaster as well
1: yeah exactly and i mean we see um that sort of succession happen and it's very successful i mean you know it's kind of best case scenario, if you've got someone that's really passionate about your business, they've been there for a number of years, they know how it works, they're sort of on board with your vision, um, and then sort of, you know, bringing them through and, and offering them a sort of potential shareholding or buy-in, um, that is sort of a really organic way to sort of, you know, slowly sort of step out of, of the business that you've grown. I think
0: about maybe in some smaller centres, maybe it could be across bigger centres too, but if you've got family dynamics too, whether you're expecting maybe a son or daughter to step in, they're not really wanting to do it, does that make it awkward when you've got people perhaps in the business who would be better equipped to take over the business or buy it or step into a leadership role and not, you know, a, a, a less than capable um, offspring?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, commerce is commerce, so we should be putting the best person to those positions unfortunately if our you know, little Timmy or little Lucy who we hoped would take over the business don't want anything to do with it or don't have the nous for it we should just acknowledge it and manage it I guess at the end of the day like that's it's like really. yeah
1: really it's all about communication. So sometimes the, the son or daughter might not actually even want to, you know, step into your shoes. So it's just really, you know, getting around a table and everyone's sharing their point of view and, and sort of, you know, discussing where where they see that the, the role sort of taking shape or where the business is going to go. Yeah.
2: I mean commonplace I think where your question comes from is typically we're all we are all Kiwis. So um, it typically comes from that hot ag kind of angle, I think more often than not perhaps not from the manufacturing side of things or construction side of things or even hospitality side of things. But the farming
0: type thing, yeah. Yeah. That would be more commonplace in
2: there um, and probably a far more uh, sensitive or highly emotive sort of issue or topic within within those farming and large horticultural families.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for business owners out there now, what would be some of the key points around planning per se that you could leave them with on this podcast?
1: I think the first one is to actually have a plan. You'd be surprised how many clients or new clients don't have one and haven't really ever sat down to even think about why they went into business. So I think first step, just get a plan. It can be super simple; just get something on paper.
2: Yeah, and I think the other thing that I would point out in there would be um, understand and acknowledge why you're in business um, and what you've what and and as part of that, what you intended to get out of that business as well and then we can set that up the one thing I, the other thing I would add not to add to the key point but to not scare people away from a business plan is that we talked about this business plan being this one page but within our methodology that we use we actually then in that end of that first session we actually do break into the smaller bite-sized pieces that people can do to work towards to achieve that first page. So on the second page is the bite-sized pieces. So just wanna make sure people aren't, aren't terrified that we say you have to be, if you wanna make $2 million this year, and we just say the, and that's the goal, make $2 million this year, and with absolutely no guidance or steps to get there either. But
0: that's not the case. I'm sure that's provided a lot of clarity for people that are about to dip their toes into business. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Fuel. Make sure to follow Fuel wherever you get your podcasts.